warm welcome and a special welcome to, to, to Rachel. Rachel, do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do and, and that sort of stuff? Yeah, I'm Rachel and I live in North Devon in Barnstable with um, my husband Sam and our three children. We've got Eben who's 10 and Pearl who's five and Gloria who is 17 months. And currently I'm a stay-at-home mum but I used to be a secondary teacher and I also worked for the diocese in Bristol for a while as a community link worker. And when you were doing your community link worker that's when I first first got to got to know you a little bit. Um, in fact, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you first started in your, your role? You did a slightly unusual way of getting to know. Can you just explain what a community link worker was, first of all? Would that be yeah, so a lot of people don't know what it is. I, um, I didn't know what it was until I saw the job. <laughs> but um, it was basically working, when I saw the advert, it said to some, they needed someone at a church in Bristol to work as a community worker and schools worker on a new housing development. So... I thought that looked interesting. <laughs> it was to help build community within the new housing developments and form links between the church and the, the new housing estates that were going up in Bristol. So I applied for it and got the job, <laughs> which was great. But then I found quite quickly, um, it was a little tricky to make friends and get to know people. I didn't know Bristol. I moved from Tadley, which is near Basingstoke, and where I was teaching and went and to do a completely different job in an area where I didn't know anybody. So um, it was a bit of a challenge and I was thinking, gosh, how can I meet people really quickly? How can I form conversations that are gonna, you know, introduce me to people? So um, I, I got there in the January and um, thankfully a fair trade fortnight falls in February. So I'd been to something um, that was talking about fair trade and it was advertising a few things that you could do to promote it and one of which was wearing a banana costume so I thought why don't I just do that for the whole of fair trade fortnight um, dress up as a banana um, it'll be a great conversation starter and I don't know it'll be quite fun <laughs> so when I first got to Bristol um, had a few couple of weeks settling in and then yeah spent two weeks as a banana and yeah everyone thought it was great I had loads of conversations with people and it was a great way to just meet um, people I met a lot of the builders on the development who then would go into people's houses and say have you met banana lady because um, she's here trying to set things up so you might want to talk to her and, and so that was really good I met a a painter um, for the Red Row and um, the housing people and um, he basically every time he saw a new mum told them that I was trying to set up a playgroup so that was fantastic because he was making those links for me um, but yeah I think dressing up as a banana just brought a bit of joy to everyone and it helped people know that I was there and what I was doing and it also got me in the local paper so that also was a great, <laughs> great start. Um, yeah. I was going to say I've, I've used that story far too far too many times maybe God's calling you to dress up as a banana for fair trade. Maybe. But actually sometimes yeah. it is that, that thing of actually doing something that's going to just help break the ice isn't it sometimes you just need a something to, to, yeah. To, to, to yeah. start a conversation. So, so, what, what else, so what else did you do to help to get to know people other than 
other than dress up as a banana? Yeah, so I did a lot of baking, which is really good. If you give free food to people, <laughs> that tends to warm people's hearts, especially the builders on the site. Like if you give them cupcakes and stuff, they were delighted and they helped because they were going into lots of people's houses. They helped tell people about the, the things we were doing. I connected with the care home and um, we had like a coffee afternoon there that was set up um, already by the curate who was at St. Michael's. And I kind of took that on and I added like a playgroup element to the coffee afternoon, which the care home said that they loved because they didn't often have younger children coming in. And that's still going now and it's developed into more of a play group within the care home. So yeah, that's really nice. And so it did that. <laughs> yeah. And I think food is, is often that key element to bring people together, isn't it? I think you're yeah. used to do lots of things like Macmillan coffee mornings and all those sort of things as well. Those sort of yeah, getting yeah. taking coffee was a is a is a good way of yeah community and that sort of that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's right. I think it's um, good, especially if you're trying to encourage people to form links with the church or come into the church, is to find something that they know about already and they feel confident and happy about. So Macmillan Coffee Morning, lots of workplaces do that as well. Lots of schools do it. So it's, uh, it's something that people know about. It's not like come to this church event that may be a little bit daunting or scary. Um, so I did tend to pick up on the main things that were going on at the time, um, maybe like um, sport relief, you know, Red Nose Day, that kind of thing, and then do something around that. And it kind of would help people engage with the church. Yeah. So that was that was your time when you were uh, working in in in, um, in Bristol. But what? But before that, you said you were a secondary school teacher, and after that, you you become a more recently you're a full time full time mum. Um, how yeah. have you found having a period? Um, I because I think we often think of you know sort of one of the phrases that um might have to edit this bit. Um, I'll start that again. One of the phrases that often annoys us is people talk about being a full time Christian, uh, full time Christian worker. In one sense, obviously you were working for a church before that, but obviously you're still a full time Christian <laughs> now. Yeah. All of us are full time. How how is the whole serving, you know, God using you in this new new phase where you where you've not got a a churchy badge or a or a sort of job title, but are just Rachel, a mum who a local mum who loves Jesus. How does how does that yeah. how, how's how's God working through you you now? So I think um, we went well. I personally went through a really difficult time because um, when I actually came to leave Bristol, my dad was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. So it was a really hard move from Bristol back to Barnstable. But I really wanted to be here to support my mum who was kind of on her own <laughs> dealing with it. And it was a really, really tough year. I mean, supporting my dad through that was really hard. And I think during that time, it was a very, we had about 18 months that were very black and dark. And so a complete contrast to kind of my life in Bristol almost. Mm -hmm. Like looking back over that period, my life in Bristol was quite, sunny and happy times and lots of things like that but during that 18 months supporting my dad through his terminal illness 
and um, I lost a very close uncle and we also went through a miscarriage. So all of that in 18 months. And I think it was very, very dark and I lost a lot of my joy. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was, it was hard because I moved here and I almost didn't want to make any friends. I, I wanted to keep my head down. I felt almost annoyed at people looking at their happy lives and I guess a little bit cross that God was you know allowing this to happen I was just in a very bleak place so I guess for about six months I really struggled to connect and um, one of the best things that I did was I went to a play group where I didn't have to talk to anyone it's run in a church in Biddeford and now I kind of um, I'm really good friends with the lady who runs it and help her do some things there. But um, I remember going to that play group and it was a music group. So it had 45 minutes of singing and um, just playing instruments. And she would do a Bible story and then pray at the end. And it was, it's really popular. And um, I would go and I wouldn't have to talk to anyone. I could just go right at the end. All I, all I could do at that time was sing those songs. I couldn't talk to anyone about what was going on in my life. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to say anything. I was pretty miserable. <laughs> and so I found that church group really, really helpful because I slowly started to make connections there and slowly would start to, to stay for coffee. And so it was a complete contrast to how I'd been in Bristol. It was like the other way around. I needed people to reach out to me because the struggles were so great um, that I just, I couldn't make any connections. So it was a really, um, yeah, difficult time. Towards the end of that year, I'd say, I started to come out of myself a little bit, but I remember actually one day when my daughter was about two, just driving in the car and, and I was off to a play group in my mum's village. And I remember thinking to myself, what have you done since you, it was, it was almost like the devil was on my shoulder whispering, Rachel, what have you done since coming back to Barnstable? How many people have you told about Jesus? How, how have you been salt and light? How have you been a city on a hill? And it was horrible. It was this like tirade of stuff on you haven't done anything. You have been a, a, a really rubbish Christian, basically. And I got to the playgroup and um, there was a lady there, a lovely lady who's now my friend, but I didn't know her called Paige. And she said to me, um, just yeah like hi how are you doing you're right and I was in a really bad mood and I said um I'm doing terribly like life is really just awful at the moment and she was like she couldn't believe that in this British culture I'd not gone yeah I'm fine I'd gone my life is really dark at the moment and I'm struggling <laughs> and so she then invited me to her house the next week after the playgroup. And um, I went to her house and we had tea and coffee and I was in a bit of a better mood. <laughs> and I noticed she had a, a keyboard and I said to her, oh, do you sing? She was like, yeah, I love singing. And I said, oh, 
do you sing at, do you sing at church and she said oh I don't but I used to and I said oh okay and we got into a conversation about how she used to go to church um in Ilfracombe and she talked about how her friend had gone on mission um when she was just I think it was eight she was just 18 and had got malaria and sadly had died and um it was just this really we connected <laughs> it was literally like somebody i just met and we connected really well and then we kept going i kept going back to her house and um we became good friends and still are and then at the at the same play group the next week um and weeks after that we met another mum and um called Teresa, who's lovely and um we were chatting to her and they said to me one week what are you doing next what are you doing tomorrow so it's this is on the monday on the tuesday and on the tuesday i'd been going to we have what's called the house of prayer in north devon it's a it's it's um a center where lots of people from different churches go they do lots of worship sessions they do lots of things <laughs> um, it's uh, like the 24 7 prayer thing in america it's just the house of prayer in north devon and um yeah so they ran they ran a play group on tuesday morning and uh, lots of children went lots of homeschooling moms and they were outwardly christian so people would pray in tongues people would they'd sing worship songs they'd have like half an hour of worship before the 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 group would begin it wasn't like um a little a church play group where you just go and there's a little bible story <laughs> at the end so um they said to me what are you doing and i said oh i go to this i go to this group called play and pray on a tuesday and they were like oh can we come and i was like uh because <laughs> i thought you guys are gonna i hope they don't start praying in tongues because you're gonna wonder what that's all about so i um i said yeah you can come <laughs> and i invited these two women along and it was i, I do it, it wasn't the kind of group you'd invite a non-christian to because because it it, it was so it would be so alien to them i think but they both came along and what i was amazed about was i was still not in my best place and they came with me and um they were asking you know when they got to the bible study bit they were like how do you read a bible <laughs> like how do i turn and then um and then one of them said they were like, right, we're all going to split into groups and we're going to pray now. And um, and then one of them was like, I don't know how to pray. Mm. And she said that to one of the women and it, the lady had to explain like how you pray. And then another one, <laughs> and then one of them, Teresa said, oh, I, I want to pray like you to this one woman who had prayed. Like, how do I pray like that? And it was, it was amazing. I was, I didn't say anything. I had all I'd done is brought them there and they were asking all the questions like, you know, what does it mean to know Jesus and how do I pray? And, you know, how all these, one of the girl page who's really into the singing was like, these are beautiful songs. Like, where are they from? You know, and I, I, to me, because I've grown up in a Christian family, none of it was new. 
and it, and it not only kind of brought back the awe and wonder of things like worship and prayer, like the way Teresa was talking about prayer, it was like, this is amazing. Why has nobody like explained this to me? Why, why have I lived my life and not realized how amazing it is to pray like this? And I, I, I was kind of, I woke up, I think at that moment to, you know what, about two months before in the car, I'd thought to myself, what are you doing? Who are you reaching out to? And actually by being vulnerable in that play group and going, I'm having a horrible time. <laughs> I actually made friends with two women who then, even though I was still going through all my struggles, um, who, who came to know Jesus and have, and then, <laughs> and then it's very strange because of that same play group, they um, advertised a prophecy day for women. And um, Teresa said, yeah, I want to do that. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Like this is going to be on a whole other level. And it was amazing because people um, prophesied over her and she was so encouraged and she was completely blown away by it. And she's still like really strong in her faith. And the thing she loves is prayer. Like during lockdown, I could see all the things she was putting on about prayer and she can't get enough of it. But it started with that first playgroup. So, yeah. So in a tough time when you feel it, when you felt when you felt a whole load of what I'd say was probably false guilt, really, you know, of oh, yeah. actually God met you in a point of vulnerability, used you in your point of vulnerability. It was very different from from being a banana in Bristol to to, yeah. to, to a kind of tough time in, in in there. And yet God's really used you mightily to to bless two of your friends. And so what what would you say if you were able to talk to a, a younger version of yourself or maybe a, a, a you you sort of, I don't know, either either pre-Barnstable or maybe even pre-Bristol, would there be a, something you'd like to say to her? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was always, when I was younger, I was a bit scared about being honest about my faith. I would kind of, I think, um, have Christian conversations with my Christian friends and then kind of maybe sideline it with my non-Christian friends. Mm -hmm. But now I don't do that and I say, even to my non-Christian friends, I need to pray about it. Or, you know, God God put on my heart this thing to do. Or I, it doesn't, I don't divide my life between the non-Christian and the Christian. And I think when you're younger, you care more what people think of you and, and how they're going to take things that you say. Um, but when I, I remember when I've been doing Bible studies, people are like at the school gates will say oh what have you done today and I'll, I'll now say oh I did a bible study and it was on Daniel and it was amazing because I learned this this and this years ago I would have just said that to Christian friends who would have known what I was talking about but actually if you say that to non-Christian friends like I've said that to non-Christian mothers at the school gates they're then like wow that sounds amazing um, you know, and it, it just gives you an opportunity for conversation. I think when we talk about our lives and prayer and Bible study or something that we've learned and it's a God moment, we still need to share that with our non-Christian friends because that's what makes our faith exciting and makes it alive. Mm. So, yeah, if I had to talk to a younger me, I would just say, 
you know, don't worry about what people think. <laughs> just share it. And, just share, and to sort of share it all, really. I think for, too often I thought sometimes edited highlights the bits I think they might be interested in, you know, yeah. But actually being real about the fact that my faith in <laughs> all of it, really. I also, yeah. I was also reminded of um, something Bishop Lee said, actually. Um, it might have been, oh, well, you might have nicked it from someone else, but um, he said about not saying somebody else's no for them, you know, because I, um, when you, you know, because... I could imagine someone, someone saying, oh, can I come to such and such? And I'd have probably tried to put them off rather than actually, rather than actually take them, you know, actually. And, and yet for them, it was the right, place, right thing to do. So yeah. Yeah, the idea about saying, oh, you wouldn't like it. Oh, no, no, it's still, you know, whatever. That, but, but actually the fact you didn't say their no for them and you let them, yeah, yeah. Let them come. It was definitely like that with the prophecy day. Yeah. I spent the whole time, like, quite knotted up that that I thought this could be the thing that makes Teresa flee this could be the thing what if someone says something weird and she doesn't like it or um but actually she loved it and I think that is we worry but actually God knows more than we do and he does put people in the right place at the right time I've had a, I've had I've taken friends to things before now and I've I've had both reactions of like you know where you do that whole sideways look I'll see how they're doing where I've had both it's gone well and I've also had times where it's not gone so well is it is it yeah. but I suppose that is just trusting that God is big enough to cope with it all really you know and actually your friend and also your friendship's big enough to cope with it as well you know that's yeah mm. that's interesting. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say as a final a final thought to a, a either a younger either a younger you or or just as a final thought of something you think? Yeah, I guess. Um... I think like we often make excuses for like if we're going through a bad time like oh now is not the time to invite them to this or I'm not really in a place to do that like especially when I was going through that dark time with my dad and I was quite down and depressed I think um obviously I never intended to invite those people to those things but I realized that even though we're going through tough stuff God still uses us in in our darkness. Like I'd say almost I've had more conversations. Like there's a play group that I go to now and um, I, like when I'm down at the park, it's quite close to the park and um, they, I meet people down there and I've told a lot of them, oh, the play group's restarted, did you know? And they're like, oh no, I didn't realize because of COVID it's been canceled. And so this play group's gradually filled up and they've had to separate into two groups now, which is great. But um, one of the, the, the ladies who runs it said to me, oh, you're really good at bringing people in. Like, I don't know how you do it. And, and I just said, well, I just talk to people. And often I find, you know, if, if you're with their children or they're looking at, a bit down or that somebody at the swings, it's just starting those conversations like, oh, how old is your little one? Or, you know, um, just even about the weather, just starting those conversations and then just keep talking just keep talking for a bit and then it breaks through at those barriers and and then you can invite them to places and and say oh I go to this and it's just having those shared experiences and I think also because I've been through difficult times I can kind of recognize that look now of like I just want someone to talk to me because actually I can't 
reach out. I can't make a friend at the moment because I'm too weak or I'm just going through too much. So I think I, that, that dark time has enabled me to see what it's like to, to struggle to do that. I think before that, I was kind of, I, I would never have understood um, the difficult struggles that something like depression can, can put on your life. So, yeah. Brilliant. No, thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. That's been.